the biggest reason I think I joined was because I was on the president's one. And then the next one you guys wanted to do was on mental health. So we, I talked about money quite a bit and then you're just like, and just, just leave them on. Why not? We'll leave them there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, and then now Matt's just kind of stuck around. He's like the, the dude in the basement with the red stapler and <laughs> nobody wants to tell him he's fired. So he's just still here. <laughs> What is it you say think... you do here, man? <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 35 of season 5 of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. You already know who it is. This week with us, Augustana opening their new barn, Midco Arena, and our guest writing a piece about the Augustana student section with advice from former Misfits leadership, uh, we decided to reach out to Trent singer uh of the rink live who covers augustan and the ccha thanks for joining us trent yeah glad to be here guys uh this week we'll probably discuss the opening of midco arena mitch's misfits and their trip to the sioux including matt uh, joining them up there uh and preview the northern home and home series and probably talk about some other things around the ccha anything else guys oh sounds good we'll talk about rob spending time on a soccer podcast today yeah <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> waste some time on that we'll probably talk about how bad matt feels about sunday at some point because we can't nope help football's talk. over and we're moving on <laughs> don't it's be sad that it ended. now baby don't be sad that it ended be glad that it happened yeah no football season's yeah. ended and nothing is happening anymore everyone just decided to stop playing games gotcha it's <laughs> so one way to watch, feel about it there's a really good snl skit about how football is actually done with for the year from their cold open, which was actually pretty good. I was just taking a peek at it. <laughs> all right. All I saw was the them doing the rip on the all the people that bought Stanleys. Oh, that was a good one too. But yes, <laughs> the big giant one was awesome. Yeah, I love all how right. all those people completely get the point of having a reusable cup. What's that? All those people completely get the point of having a reusable cup. Yeah, let's cut down on the amount of waste we're having every time we drink water by buying a billion of the same cup. Oh yeah. But the whole we're defeating the purpose by having multiple reusable cups, right? That's your point. Yeah, yeah and like there's people that'll have like five plus, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Well, it doesn't help that work keeps giving me free ones. That's different. Do you like, like how they use the Disney font? That's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, let's part. see that. That's yeah, at least at least that's like a promotional item. You didn't go out of your way to like be consumerist about it. Those no, are that's just like true. Yep. I don't know. All right. Now that we've gone on the Stanley tangent before we even start the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with Trent Singer after a little thank you notes and a brief note from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech dot net. All right. Welcome back, Trent. Uh, why don't we get started and talk a little bit about Augustana opening up their new building, Medco Arena. How's that going? Well, what was it? Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty awesome uh, environment to be a part of. I mean, just, you know, covering this team for five games here in Sioux Falls, um, at the Denny Denny Sanford Premier Center was like it was it, you know it, there it, there were there were definitely moments where the environment felt you know big time in in the Denny but it's such a huge venue you never really you know could could feel the crowd the same way that you did at that at the sold out games that they had this weekend and I think there was like over thirty one hundred fans I mean I think that's around what the attendance is because there are standing room only seats so the the attendance technically varied both nights. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was an electric crowd. I mean, they lost both games, but it was it was so crazy to to just kind of hear everybody talk about how it's still you know a victory in a lot of senses. I mean, this is a first year team, and and uh, to ha- to be able to open their their arena on campus and and bring it directly to the students was was a huge thing, and and it was just it was awesome. I mean, it's a, it's a really cool arena. Um, I mean, I can tell you about all the things I like about it if you want, and I can tell you about all the things I, I kind of have a problem with. <laughs> I would, I would love that because from Let's the renderings, it. it looks like just an absolutely gorgeous college hockey facility. Like I have, I mean, again, I'm just, I've just seen the pictures and the renderings. I haven't gotten a chance to like watch the highlights or anything and know what the arena is like, but I think it'd be very interesting to hear about what you think the arena does well and some things that you maybe have taken I don't know. I don't know if taking issue is the right words, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and yeah, like I said, so yeah. And we'll start there. Like, I don't think they, I don't think they're huge quirks. I mean, I think they're, they were kinks that they probably just have to work out to, you know, the video board was skipping a little bit. I know that was pissing a lot of people off. Um, but then, then I think the concourses when it is sold out, get pretty tight and there's concessions in each four of the corners. Um, so when you're walking around, I mean, it, it it's kind of shoulder to shoulder in, during intermissions. Like it's, it's pretty pretty dense up there in the concourses uh, in those kind of side areas, um, but you know, outside of that, I mean, the the, the club section's awesome. I think it's they got like these three big screen TVs, and and you know all the all the center seats on the other side of the press box. Um, I think they're the, fir- the three center center sections are all club, and they you know it's like you know exclusive food, and I mean they got uh, there's like drinks and everything up there, and. Um, yeah, it's like, a, it, it, then I, what I really like too, is around the whole top, uh, bar, you know, like I said, bar table rails, and those are to me the best seats, like, especially like right in the middle. 
think those are like the ideal. But the, the arena itself is like it's really cavernous. It's I mean it's steep, just one level. Um and uh it sits off the off the ice like two feet. So you're kind of like, you know, I think I remember Zach Rose, the goalie, he was telling me like, you know, when he, he did his first skate around, he just kind of noticed that like, yeah, you know, he's eye level with people sitting. And it's just kind of different. I mean, you know, it almost feels like people are sitting on top of you. And as a goalie, it can can be a little intimidating. There's a huge uh, backlit Oli, which was the mascot for for Augustana, painted across the back of of where the students sit um, to give it kind of like his his eyes kind of peering out, which is kind of cool too. There's some really good branding just throughout the whole arena, and uh, you know that's a credit to a lot of the people that I used to work with. I worked at Augustana, so there's a lot of people who I used to work with and who were kind of in in charge of of doing the branding and setting a lot of that up and, and, you know, piecing it all together. And so, yeah, no, I, as far as a college hockey arena, I think it's perfect at the, the size. I know a lot of people, when they first found out it was going to be like 3000 seats were like, you know, it's way too small, but Augustine is a small school. And, you know, this isn't a, it's like, and you know, like I said in my story, this is just, it's a non-traditional market. So this is all new to them, right? Like this is um, at the, at the premier center, you know, that's where the stampede play, but yeah, it's the USA, USHL team. It's not, it's not really going to bring your market up as a hockey market. So I think that um, having a college program at Augustana elevates the profile for the city is, is you know, being a, a little bit of a destination as a hockey town too for, for the college ranks. Yeah, I know that. Um, oh, go ahead, Dustin. Uh, going back to your comments on the club section, I was just wondering, is that all season tickets or is there tickets for sale to the public in that area? Yeah, I think the, I think the club's all sold out. Um, uh, I, I, I actually was wondering, and, and I talked with my, my coworker, Jordan McAlpine, who writes for the rink too. He was there helping me cover. And he, he said, that, you know, is there an aftermarket for tickets here? Like, and I was like, that's actually a good question. I'm really curious. Cause you know that they, it had been sold out all week. So I was kind of curious if like, if they had showed up on an aftermarket at all. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, like, uh, you know, I assume you'd be able to find them at some point. I don't know if it is yet. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, I, I think that eventually that'll be, you know, the case it's a, it's a hot ticket right now. So I don't, right. it's hard to, it's hard to like value and, and mm-hmm. kind of gauge that. I, I ask because I like club sections and <laughs> Tim, Tim and I once had a really good time watching tech get pounded by North Dakota from one of the club sections. <laughs> it worked, it turned out pretty good for us. Yeah. But no, that was, that was fun. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting for you to hear, and for like I didn't pay that much attention to it to see the capacity, but yeah, it is the third smallest rink in the CCHA, and soon to be the second smallest rink. Is there any room for expansion if they want to? You know, Ed, that's a that's a kind of a it feels like a cap there. I mean, it I don't know where they would expand. Like you look at the size of the arena, it being one level and just the bowl. I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't possibly like you know it, it would be some serious dollars i could say that like and it would probably be like on a side right like you'd have to probably just reface the side of the building uh oh, maybe yeah. the yeah because i like something... maybe they could blow up and end and like have the seats go up above the concourse on one of the ends or something but yep. it's not like those are the, like maybe that's what happens eventually if like the student uh interest grows enough yep. or something I would be mm-hmm. interested in that because I know, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm based in west Western Lower Michigan, so I've been to a good number of like Muskegon Lumberjacks games, and I know when they were still, uh, the Muskegon Fury of the UHL, 
uh, the L.C. Walker Arena in downtown Muskegon had, like, a much higher capacity where the seats would, like, go all the way up to the ceiling, and they kind of, like, halved it and then made the concourse a little bit more, like, college hockey style. So I'm almost interested to see if they're equipped to do almost the opposite of that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the main logistical thing is, like, you got to understand, like, it is a very small school. It might, and it might be the smallest school in the CCHA. Lake State may be smaller. I'm not sure. Tim, would you know that? I wouldn't be surprised if Lake State is. Let me scroll up on my 2,500 is about what their yeah. enrollment is. At Lake, so, Lake State's, like, 1,800, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, it's so, like the, what, so the Wikipedia page says that Lake State has a slightly higher enrollment than Augustana. But I, both those numbers you guys just threw out are very different than what's listed here. So I don't. Are know. they okay? And is is Lake State the smallest arena? Is Taffy able to? No, mm-hmm. the smallest the smallest arena is St. Thomas right now. Is it all right? Okay. Of and course. then Avigleben yeah. second. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Avigleben at at uh, Ferris will be the smallest after St. Thomas moves. Well, yeah. it's still yeah, right? Yeah, that is how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. St. Thomas new rink should be towards the top. I would think. I don't. Yeah, I am way excited for that. It is like, it's cool that we kind of live at such a cool time in college hockey expansion. And two of the most exciting teams in that conversation are within the CCHA. Like, um, it's, it's been very cool to see the Vikings have the kind of season they've had so far. Like, I know they just got swept by Ferris, which is, you know, quite a blemish, but, um, it's yeah. like the way the they I don't think anyone expected them to have the level of success that they've had. They've beaten some quality programs. They've stayed in games. They look real good. It's it looks like a gorgeous new building. Um, I'm a fan of a lot of places that'll get natural light in there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if by the time the game started, you were still getting any of natural light in there. But did you see that? Like, it was what number one was there natural light going on while the game was happening and number two do you think it affected like the glare on the surfaces or anything because that can be a factor as well yeah no it uh it was, it's dark by the time both games started but i also noticed this and i i, I i'm not even sure because i i can you know obviously you can see the natural light with the way that you know it's like a barn structure sure. um and it's like you know what would they call it like a half arch sort of thing and i think they shut it I think they have like a thing that goes across and shuts like a, you know, like a, like a shutter that goes across. Cause I, I'm looking up and I'm like, I don't even see the windows now. And sure enough. And I think I, I'm pretty sure they close it completely to not even let the outside like light in. So yeah, no, I didn't see any light uh, during the day though, when you're in there, you know, and it's open, um, which I've been in there plenty uh, just kind of for media availabilities and whatnot. It's cool. It's cool when the lights coming into the, through the top haven't really been too many sunny days here in Sioux Falls just because it's very overcast most of the time so yeah. uh, but but it's still cool that that you have that natural light coming in from the top and um, it's certainly a unique uh, architecture of, of of the of the arena and I know it's it is actually the same um, architects who built Slater family ice um, and built Magnus and in, in Denver and and the Ralph. Um, it's JLG Architects, and so they're uh, same folks. Uh, they've done a few other arenas as well, college hockey arenas. I mean, it's what they make is is specifically almost exclusively college hockey arenas to a, to an extent, um, and they do a great job with them. I mean, those are those are some cool venues, and and Augustine is another one. Yeah. Um. What would you say is your favorite part of the venue so far? You know, I I really do like how it sits off of the ice a little bit. Um, 
and, and I'm, even even just as from a photography aspect, like I could sit down at, at the bottom of any staircase and shoot, and I'm like already eye level with all the players. Yeah, and I think and I think as a you know as a uh, as a player, if you're on the opposing team, it has to be slightly has to you know it has to be slightly intimidating just in terms of like the noise um and i know you know to to a point that doesn't even that becomes a non-issue right like but at the same time like when you're when everybody's kind of sitting on you like that over top of you it get does get really loud in there and yeah you can feel it every time they scored a goal it, i mean it felt like a college hockey arena or like a hockey arena for that matter um and so yeah i I like that. And one problem too that, that I noticed is, you know, the way it is like where the student section is, is obviously where the opposing team's goalie is twice a game in the first and third. That being said, that's where the Zamboni comes out. It's like at the end. And so I, I think that might be a little bit of a problem for the home team's goalie, Augustana's goalie looking at, at the Zamboni door, almost throwing off your eye level a little bit. Um, cause most of the time, you know, the Zamboni doors are way off to the right and they're not behind the goal. This one's almost like behind the goal in a way it's like cutting off like the side of the goal. Um, so that could be a little problematic. I don't know, you know, maybe that's, maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but you know, when you're on the ice, it's a whole different view than when you're up top. And I just, I kind of noticed that while I was watching the game, I, uh, the first night they had me behind the, uh, uh, at one of the ends, basically, when you walk up the concourse, they had me at the end just for the overflow media. Um, gotcha. And so I got I got to kind of watch it from that angle. And I noticed that while I was watching, I was like, I, I, I don't know. And Jordan pointed it out too. And I'm, yeah, it might not be the greatest for the home team's goalie. <laughs> That's interesting. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of cool that you pointed out that it's an, it's it's almost important for an arena to have corks. Like it's kind of like college hockey doesn't have yeah. a standard rink size like the NHL does. So like to a degree, it's almost like everyone's got their own baseball park, you know, like every right. baseball park has a little bit of a different dimension. Um, I think the only I've been to, I think every arena in the league, uh, short of St. Thomas and of course, Midco. And I think the only two in the league that really have one with a noticeable dip to the ice are uh, Lake state and Northern. And it's still, it's, it's like kind of noticeable. Like when I was at Lake state this weekend, I could kind of notice there's a dip down, but it wasn't something that I like sat there and thought like, wow, that's like quite the dip. So I'm interested to see how that'll like shape their home ice advantage as it goes forward. Because mm-hmm. if it, if so, like if students are standing up and they are taller than you when you're at the ice, yep. that could get intimidating pretty quick. I feel like. And you can see some of that, like if you go to my story on the rink, um, you know, I wrote a story about it, the student experience this week. And in that story, uh, our photographer who was there uh, took some photos and you can you can see it. I mean, you you can see that the, they're, they're sort of above, you know, they're almost to the top of the goal uh, in the photos, like their feet are at the, the top of the goal. And so, yeah, I think that 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 definitely plays a part. Uh, one thing I really like about it, too, is they have sort of an interactive um, hall of fame section in a way. So they get these um, basically right along 33rd street, which is kind of a main street. And on the other side is, is one of the uh, dorms Bergsacker. Um, along that street is where the length of the arena is along 33rd. And uh, there's a, there's a window at the top on the second level. It's kind of where everybody has to walk. If you're just in the concourse and go behind the club level and they have these five, uh, 
vertical TVs all positioned sideways and they're interactive. Like you could touch them um, and then pull up. It's an interactive like Hall of Fame. And then they have like some historic stuff on the Birdall family, which is a, um, you know, just kind of like a historical uh, side for, for Augustana's origins from when they were way back in Illinois and then moved to South Dakota eventually at one point. Um, and so it's cool. I mean, it's like, a you know, as a fan, you can go and if you're in the Hall of Fame and you're coming back to check out a game, you have your own little spot. You can, you know, show your kids or show your family. Uh, check it out. You know, here I am. You don't believe me? I'm in the Hall of Fame. I just think it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to have that uh, that feature. And and uh, basically, it's just another branding element, too, which is huge for them. Yeah. Great food, too. I mean, I think the food was cool in the arena, too. I, I should point that out. I thought, uh, you know, they have Norwegian style food, which is oh. interesting. Yeah, they had so they're like, so they're like le- really leaning into that like whole kind of Viking aspect. They are, and they that had a Gallarhorn hanging. They did have they, a Gallarhorn hanging. I, I heard about that, and I am so yep. pumped to see that. What was yep. that? Did they use it? Well, did they use no, that no, they, there, or is it just? And I wish I, I. So you know, when I worked there, this whole Gallarhorn thing was, you know, happening in conversations beside me. I I used to run the university's website, and so yep. I was kind of the webmaster for about a year. It's you know, before I took this job here for the, with the rink. Um, and so I, I remember when they actually went to my boss, Pam Homan, who was involved in so many of these executive decisions, uh, in, in, you know, surrounding the university was a part of the experience, um, in, in, uh, even landing the gift that started it all from T. Danny Sanford that, uh, you know, is this now the single biggest gift in school history. Um, she was, he was there in that meeting with, with him, her and Stephanie Hurst Sandlin, the president. Um, and so she was in so many of these conversations and um, was, was, you know, she, she drove to the cities to go get the Scalarhorn. Um, it's from the people who made the one in uh, us bank from my understanding. Uh, so it's the same company that made that Gallarhorn and, and they had another one that they had told them about and they drove all the way out there. Uh, it was a donation from a guy named Kevin Nyberg who, lives at Augustana and owns a hardware stores, Ace Hardware stores in the city. Um, and so he donated the Gallarhorn to the school for, for the, the arena. And it's cool. It's just hanging up in the, in the window. And so people will, you know, come up and take photos with it above them or take a selfie or something. And yeah, it's like I said, the, the food though is great. I mean, they had Swedish meatballs, they had all sorts of, you know, little interesting uh, Scandinavian food and whatnot. And then obviously barbecue and stuff too, because you know, it's you know classic Norwegian cuisine. <laughs> of course, you can't have like Norwegian cuisine without getting yourself a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. So the article you wrote and kind of like reached out to Tim with was about, uh, you know, student sections and how Augustana can go about creating a a culture and try to become like a like one of the more revered student sections in the nation. So um, what are your impressions of uh, Skoll, which is the organization as I understand it there now? Um, mm-hmm. And what are some things that you're hoping to see from them as the, as time goes on? Yeah, no, I, so, you know, first of all, I think it was in, in approaching this article, you want to kind of compare it to, to something that's established. Right. And so I thought it would certainly be interesting to talk to Tim about it because uh because Tim created a monster down there in Houghton, up there in Houghton, sorry. 
Uh, you guys, I don't you know if I've ever heard anybody say down there in Houghton before. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've only heard that. Those from folks from Thunder like, Bay when they look yeah, down the I was lake, about say, to say so. Thunder that, Bay, exactly. Yeah, maybe that girl I matched with on Tinder because it's Tinder, 98 yeah, miles when it, start, when it started. That was I to Thunder Bay. I matched with several a Lakehead University woman when I was still at Tech because you have to set your radius at like 100 miles if you yeah. want to talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I remember joking with her that the drive from my house in Minneapolis to Thunder Bay was shorter than the drive from Houghton to Thunder Bay. <laughs> Meet you at Isle Royal. <laughs> no, I thought it would be cool, though. Um I thought it'd be a, 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 just kind of an interesting angle to um, to compare it to the Misfits, uh, who I, are clearly the best student section I think in this conference. I don't I don't know that there's much argument when you when you watch these these games and and see see just kind of how they how they how they give absolute hell to the opposing team, um, especially if you're Northern Michigan. Um, and so I thought I I think one of the big things is that I, I like comparing it though too is. You know, hockey is is embedded, I think, in the in the area in the UP too. Like it, right? It's like a huge, you know, it's it's a huge event for people. And and here, it's not so much that you know, like it, they're they're trying to establish these sort of traditions, and it's a sport that breeds tradition, right? Like I'm a Predators fan, and we've had we've had so many chants over the years of just you know that that people think are just so redneck and crude but they like started up in a section up in the three hundreds called, you know, the cell block and, and it just all formed organically. And so I, a lot of it was me talking to, to the people who, who, um, who are kind of in charge of the student sections, these students and, and asking them like, you know, how, how have you gone about trying to implement that sort of stuff? And, you know, what kind of chance have you done? And a lot of their chants are pretty elementary. I mean, they're, they're, they're derived from other sports on campus that they do. And um, you know, the, I, I think it's a lot of it too, is just, it's it's not like a super knowledgeable hockey um student section yet and it, you know that comes with time too people start to learn the game more the more the program's there and the more the team plays and gives gives these students something to watch and they're they're learning more and more because hockey is, is such an eye-grabbing sport you go to hockey games and immediately your your eyes are fixated on the ice I mean it's it's kind of always been that way for me too just um ever since I first started watching it when I was like 10 um it, it's it's something you can't look away from when you're actually there, and so by nature, you you grow to learn the game in a lot of ways like that way. And so, um, you know, they're not they're not as up to speed. I think is one of their biggest hurdles is is educating everybody on the sport. But man, I tell you, like if you go to any Augustana game, like if you go to the football games, I've seen a lot of the hockey players at the football games. You'll see baseball players, you'll see basketball players. I mean, these guys. It's such a small campus. Everybody goes and supports every team, and so that. That sort of school spirit, you can't. I mean, that's hard to generate. It's already there, right? And Augustana is successful in a lot of sports. I mean, this is a team that, or a program that, has won recent national championships in baseball. Was you know deep into the playoffs last year. Even uh, the football team made a run this year and won won the NSIC, um, and then just got absolutely destroyed by Colorado School Mines. But you know, that's that's, that's how that goes when you. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens so, when you play a school of mines. Yeah, True yeah, effects. it's about about the case. So, but no, it, it's um, it, it's it, I think what's really really the hard part is 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 trying to compare the two when they are so vastly different in so many ways, um, because you know it's 
it's it's the university's first division one sport too and 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 in a lot of ways like the competition is just on another level they're they're not going to jump right into college hockey and and you know be what they have been in every other every sport so sure. um yeah no i think it's just a lot of it a lot of it is is just it's about building and it's about building it the right way and so i really wanted to to uh you know reach out to tim and just kind of see what what he and and some of these presidents have done throughout the years um ever since the misfits were founded and and just see how things came to be. I mean, how did, how did that relationship work between the administration and, and the uh, uh, student section, you know, st- questions like that, which you, you can't quite gauge without, without knowing. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the things that you talked about was that some of the cheers that they're doing are kind of derivative from other sports. And I yeah. actually think there are times where some of the less knowledgeable fan bases and some of the ones that kind of come from a background of other sports can come up with some of the more like interesting chants, like, um, I got a chance to go to Ice Vegas, like when I got to follow around Dustin. That's a whole other story uh, there. But got a chance to see Arizona State, and uh, <laughs> their student section made a pretty good showing there. And I noticed right away that they weren't very hockey knowledgeable, but they did a great. They they took the like basketball, like everyone just screaming the whole time whenever they're in the defensive zone, and applied that to penalty kills. And it was cool as hell. I thought it was fun. Like everyone, they're they're on the penalty, kill. <laughs> they're on the penalty kill or, or their power play. Or I forget which way they were doing it, but they were just like, oh, like it was a basketball yeah. game. And I was like, that's that's interesting. I think that's kind of cool. One thing that certainly helps at Arizona State is that it is an instinctively party school. Yes, like so. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. people are already pretty ramped up. Um, but you know, at Augustana, like. Another another thing, obviously, uh, another hurdle they would deal with is the fact that their student section is what it is. It's not going to be any bigger or smaller for that matter. But, you know, we talk about things like accessibility. And I, that's a lot of questions I had for Tim, too, is how do you make, you know, a lot of it is probably from from a leadership standpoint, when you're when you're a president of the Misfits, it's like, how do you make this accessible for students? And I think the administration's helped a lot. I mean, it's five dollars for students at, at, at Midco to go to games, which is you know, it's about, I mean, I, if you can't find five bucks, like, then sorry, man, like somebody can probably, you know, loan you some or something like it's, it's five bucks. It's, they're making yeah. it as easy as you can to get into for mm-hmm. a brand new arena. So that is one thing that tech does pretty well that I don't know if there was a way we could really answer it in your article is uh, tech students pay something that's called the experience tech fee, which is like a hundred dollars that gets tacked onto your tuition. And that covers everything yeah. from like, that covers everything from like being able to use the gym, being able to go to the ski hill, and it also the gets golf you course. the golf course. Yes, and it gets you access to every tech sporting event, including hockey, for free. So there's a golf course on campus. Yeah, um, it is. It's well, it's owned by close. the school. It's close. It's, it's, owned, owned, by it's owned by the school. It's like uh, a couple miles south of campus, but yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. cool. Have, and then there's a, a free downhill ski hill across the portage that's also owned by the school, right? Yeah, and that's they awesome. keep they keep rentals real cheap, like twenty dollars at like Mont Ripley to like get skis and just try it out. Yeah, and I I think another one of the big challenges too, um, you know, getting them into your arena is one thing. I think once you really find that that true spark, like I mean, you you look at how the, these tech fans show up to Lake State like just this weekend. I mean, you know, Tim posted that video on Twitter and tagged me in it. And uh, I like that, that takes time. I mean, that takes some serious, like 
years and years of being traditionally, you know, a student section, right? Like, um, and I think, hell, I think what the Misfits did too, and it's something that I, I didn't even get a chance to really touch on in the story is to be branded in a name that like the Mitch's Misfits is so like, that just, it rolls off the tongue, right? Like Mitch's Misfits. I think it's well, a cool you. name and people want to be a part of that. Uh, so, so the skull thing is like, you know, it's, it, that's just their student organization that runs it. Um, if they really, really want to own it, you know, like come up with a cool name that's specifically hockey oriented because, uh, because I think they make more of a presence at hockey games than they do probably, you know, at any other sporting event. I mean, they, they play all their basketball, most of their basketball games off campus at the Pentagon at Augustana. So, uh, getting students to come out to a place that's like multiple miles away is kind of rough. Um, they only play a few on campus at the Elman Center, you know, just because it's it's not the it's not the greatest venue. It doesn't hold as many people. Um, the the you know just the amenities and whatnot are, are way more suited for the Pentagon, just for alumni who are I think probably more than anything your target audience. So uh, they play basketball games off campus. I mean, they have a really unique opportunity here to build a strong student section. And so, like, I think that taking those smaller steps into, like, having a really uh, unique name and having a name that uh, resonates with people a little bit more is is a, another way to really sell it. Yeah, Skull just makes me think football. <laughs> that's, that's all <laughs> that, that comes right? to mind, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah lean exactly. into the hockey side and figure something out that, that's unique yep. for sure. Well, Rob, I caught and the fever guys- for, uh, for Iceland soccer, so that's where I I, I get it from, but yeah. Uh, I have I have a shirt from Iceland that's the little dude like he's got his hands up there going ooh you know they do their chant fantastic <laughs> it's a pretty good one I'll wear it next week if I remember all right <laughs> it's from a pretty famous comic uh, writer that's incredibly R rated in his in his uh, in his comics but they are great <laughs> yeah no I, I that's great to hear that you you think so highly of the name that we came up in a came up with in a bar in Duluth one time so yeah right <laughs> i just i and i really you know tim sent me the story too of, of just kind of where you guys were low on content i think and just looking to talk about uh the misfits early on and <laughs> i thought well, it was a. Uh, I think we were more trying to like give the well i whatever for whatever reason then we were that's the episode i, I sent him a link to the episode where we had a bunch of the presidents on and rob you did the the quiz with us yep and uh, and we talked about the origin story, and I think it was just more of a like because I'm the president, and and Matt, that's right around the time I think you started being a yeah, part of the podcast. Um, it's because yeah, the biggest reason I think I joined was because I was on the president's one, and then the next one you guys wanted to do was on mental health. So we I talked about money quite a bit, and then you're just like, nah, just just leave them on. Why not? We'll leave yeah, them there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll leave them there. So. Um, yeah, so we and then now Matt's just kind of stuck around. He's like the the dude in the basement with the red stapler, and <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to tell him he's fired, so he's just still here. <laughs> what is it you say think... you do here, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. 
We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. What's cool about the Misfits is it, it, um, the origins are, are so organic, right? Like, I don't think it's nearly that way uh, at Augustana here. A lot of it feels a little more forced. And, um, you know, that's just the nature of it. Um, and it comes there, – there's no way around that. Um, but I feel like if you really want to, like, create those traditions and, and establish some of that, that stuff w- where it feels um, almost exclusive to, to you, um, you have to, like – you have to you have to let it happen organically like you just can't i mean like so so for example like in um in in st louis i don't know if you know this have you ever seen at a blues game where they do this uh every time the power play comes on everybody kind of goes like this and and throws their hands up like shouting up i always thought it was the dumbest thing um and then years uh i kind of had to be about like a couple years into me watching multiple blues games i i used to live in missouri worked for um, a newspaper near St. Louis, probably a couple hours away. I asked my friend, I'm like, why do they do this dumb arm thing? <laughs> they their arms up. And he said, actually, the story is that at a game one time, a mentally challenged, uh, somebody who was mentally challenged was, was doing this during the power play. And some people were making fun of him. And so a bunch of people to make the kid feel better started doing it with him. And so now all across the arena, when you see them go on the power play, they all do it. And I think that's, that's to awesome. me, that's like, those are kind of special things, right? Like, and you, yep. you, you and, you and it is so much better when it's that, and it's not yep. forced by yep. like the institution or yep. anybody. Like we we joke about, um, like one of the things I know I've heard a lot, and Rob will enjoy this because it's soccer related, is everybody kind of makes fun of Minnesota United for celebrating with Wonderwall because what connection does Wonderwall have to Minnesota soccer? Like those things don't seem connected at all, and yet. It all goes back to an assistant coach from England who would play that song with the players in the locker room. And somebody did a documentary on the team and some of the fans saw it. So when the players would come over to high five everybody after the game, the fans started singing to them because they had seen this documentary. And this is back when we're playing in Blaine at like a 4,000 seat stadium outdoors. Like it's not fancy at all like literally you can shake hands with any player you want after the game it was so much more intimate and fun and like it just grew organically into what it is now where it is rather like corporate and commercialized now because the team like plays the song and all that stuff and it's and it feels different than it was but it has this organic root that like it makes sense if you understand the story, but if you have no clue, you're like, why isn't it Prince or something? You know, like, yeah. Mm. And I think that's another part that's a part of the balancing act of creating a student section is that um, we think about it so much from like the student side that I think from the institution side, you have to look at it as 
You have to you you can't have a death grip on what you want it to be. Yeah. You have to kind of let the students discover what they need it to be. And there are things that need to be like dialed in. Like if students start getting like too rowdy and it's like no longer a family friendly event or they're like disrespectful to people around them, then that's right. It ran in. But they kind of have to discover their own way to cheer on the team by themselves. And you can't really like hand them a sheet and be like, Hey, here's the new, uh, Augustana yep. cheers. You have to just let them, you got to let them cook for la- lack of a better term, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, the one, one thing I noticed too, in, in just talking with, with, um, with the, the student, I, I believe her name is Annika Myers, who is the president of the school organization this year and, and talking with her, um, you know, t- to have that relationship with the administration a little bit, like the administration reached out to her to say, look, we, we, um, uh, and it was, it was Emily Punt who's involved in strategic partnerships and whatnot for, for Augustana. She does a great job there. And um, she reached out to them and said, we look, we want to have a meeting and they met and they, they wanted to know what the students, well, what do the students want? Like, you, you know, what, what do you want to gain from this experience? And so I think to have that conversation open helps a lot. Um but yeah, from I think beyond that, it's it's not you know you, you can't restrict it. Like you, you got to let them go and then hurdle it back in if it's becoming too much. <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways, like if it's if it's crossing a line and uh, to an extent, or yeah, you know, obviously if you're harming people or or you know being disrespectful or whatnot. But um, yeah, no, I mean I'm, I'm kind of I'd be curious to I think it's a cool uh, story to explore even further personally. Um, just in in looking at student sections across the league. I mean, historically, some of the best, like I never, I never knew what the crease creatures were truly all about, but it sounds like, you know, in its heyday, it was, it was kind of a, a special thing. Yeah. If you can find video three, of three the tiers center of the goal center the Civ chant after a goal, like there, like I have never tequila. been, I've never been more intimidated in the rink in my life, even when they were chanting at can diet directly at me. Um, <laughs> like, but yeah, when they had the three levels doing all their stuff and getting that whole rink rocking in their heyday, like when they were runners up in Detroit and, and then won their title in what, oh, five, oh six, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, obviously Dustin and I have a lot more connection to that whole thing with all of our fun times at the bar talking with the Badger players, but the Cole Center was something amazing during that stretch and for as as big of student section as the gophers had uh like i never saw a cheer that like intimidated me anywhere like like spelling does not intimidate anybody i'm sorry but like spelling out your school's name does not strike fear in an opponent yeah Uh, like i honestly bad news for diaz though (laughs) I mean, but that's like a cool thing. It's not about like I feel like spelling that out is more about making like the visiting fans or slash the home fans when we're visiting somewhere be like, what are they doing? Like they get so distracted from the yeah, game that, that that's they don't more know the, what's going on. That's like, more the quirky weirdness of a tech fan in general. Yeah, spelling like, out technological like, like the EDX or D to, chant, D to right? the like, X. Yeah. yeah, where they're all like, what? Yeah, for all like intensive purposes though it's like the power to like actually create something out of it though is is all it's all in the student's power like it's 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 really up to them i mean and and being able to organize like that like finding the right 
you know, people who are committed enough to, to want to pull it all off. Like, yeah, it just seems like it's a, I mean, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Right. Like, and you, I, like, I, I remember very much so. Cause so, uh, I will correct the the notion that Rob and Matt said on one of the GLI podcasts that I never said Nesbitt was the first president. I just said I was never president. Mitchell O'Loughlin was the first president. But I remember very vividly, like, so I was never president, but I did a lot of work before we became an official student organization dealing with the school, trying to get funding to do different things. Like, the the whole reason we say the misfits were born on Carnival 20 years ago this season right is it 20 this year right yeah, yeah it was october so, yeah. 2003 so it was winter carnival 2004 is because i got the guy who owns the radio station at the time to pay for shirts so i could give misfits t-shirts the first run of t-shirts were free to the students because i got the radio guy to to sponsor them and that's why the original shirts have a little dog collar with mix 93 in them Mm-hmm. because that was his sponsorship of us getting those. And it's like all those little things that I did to just make that stuff happen was a ton of work. Like I, I don't know how I stumbled upon the, the radio guy, but I think it stemmed from like, I remember Nordstrom, Alex Nordstrom's, have we figured out how they're related, Rob? I think i talk about Nordstrom that runs the, the SDC. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Nordy is his grandson. Okay. I'm not positive, though. So back in the day, Nordy did not believe that I could get all of Section L standing and full for a game. He bet me a pizza. And literally, <laughs> sure. like, three home games later, I got my pizza because I got the whole section standing and full. Um, didn't take long. That was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> making, making him making him get me a pizza for free that that quickly. Um, and then it just snowballed from there. Like we were just having fun and people wanted to be a part of it because, you know, winters are kind of long in Houghton and getting to go to the hockey game and have fun, even if we're losing was a lot of fun. Like we got on TV six that yeah. helped like just so many things kind of just fell in place that year, but not to throw Mitchell under the bus, but I remember specifically him complaining about certain things and, and stuff not happening. And I just kept being like, that's because you're not doing the work you have to go do the work like the school's not just gonna do this stuff for you you have to put in the work and and get people to help you and figure out ways to motivate the the important people to help participate in it i mean one thing that i do kind of want to touch on is that augustana has kind of a unique opportunity in the same way that tech does in that um you kind of have to make your own fun like that was kind of what spurred on the misfits a lot of, there are a lot of student sections that were spurred on by team success but a lot of times that isn't sustainable i think of ferris state like when ferris state was having on ice success there was like nothing like going into ava glaben and seeing that dog pound like t- like floor to ceiling standing up in that end but as soon mm-hmm. as the team fell off like a uh, long time the show harrison watt uh invited me to Ferris to like talk to their athletic director and some current students are thinking about like trying to revive the student section. And it's just tough when their whole history is around like program success. If there's not much to build on there, then it can get tough. So I feel like a lot of it has to be kind of that rallying around your school and like having it be in such a unique area and have it be like a a really big source of fun is something that, Augustana has the chance to like kind of rip a page out of 
the Misfits book and kind of like make sure that uh like enthusiasm isn't just you know seasonal. You're not a fair. It's not a fair weather thing. It's, yeah, it, it makes it a lot easier when it you know, when yeah. we make it more of an event than just success. exactly because I like I walked away from this weekend and like this batch of Misfits kids is just so fantastic and they just understand what it means to be a good hockey fan. They 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 did not care about the loss on Friday. They were having a great time. Like they were just in that Saturday skate before that game. If I look through all the the like they all went out and did like an open skate and open hockey and like with all the kids and all the and the alumni that I came with. And there is just not a single picture where like everyone isn't like smiling ear to ear. They just like they understand. I feel like what it means to be a good hockey fan, regardless of product on the ice, because there's only a certain degree to which fans can affect what happens, but you can always affect how good of a time you have. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it to me would be like, you know, if I were to, if, if, if any of them were listening, like capture the spirit of what you had this weekend in a lot of ways, because they lost both those games, but the environment in there was, was, was electric. I mean, it really was. When they scored, I mean, and, and I know it's a sold out arena and they don't play into it, but I mean, even after even after Saturday's game, like like Rab shouted out the student section in my interview and I didn't ask anything about him. I, I asked all that the night before. That was Friday. Saturday night, I don't know, maybe he maybe he read what I wrote, but he asked he he made a point to call out the students of how that well they showed up and how just like proud it kind of made him feel because he's I mean, you know, he's a Minnesota guy. Like yeah, he's from a place where it breeds hockey you know like and and college hockey specifically and also those kinds of like deep institutional ties and like cheering on your friends and he he, he gets what it's all about and i really do think that augustana is a chance to like catch lightning in a bottle here with how the the program has got off to some good success right away the building looks great i think it's a great opportunity for students to to like have a cheap event that they can go to and like rally around the school and build something special I, I have I two warnings for them. Two warnings. What? Don't make any cheers around spelling unless it's funny, like our technological cheer. Yeah. And my ADHD is getting the best of me. Shit. What was the other one? <laughs> That's all right. Well, you think about that. I'll talk about how at one time I met with some oh, Paris kids and, and try to get them to sell a pharmaceutical. Set your expectations low because then success yeah. like, is yeah. always fun, but failure and all like... If your expectations are low, the game isn't the important part. It's being right. with your friends and cheering and having fun. And then if they win, it's a bonus instead of being like one of the worst things that tech could have done this year is be picked conference favorite and be in the preseason polls and set our expectations sky high and then like fall off not a cliff like that, they yeah. did and not come very close to that because it's so much worse like there's nothing better than going into a game not really knowing what's going to happen and not having any expectation of winning. Like, I absolutely mm-hmm. hated going up to Houghton to watch them play St. Thomas and St. Thomas's first year. And you have this expectation in that situation that you're going to, like, win 5-1 to one every day. That's not realistic, but, like, that's the expectation you kind of set when you're playing a team that has a thousand-seat barn and half the players aren't even on scholarship and all that stuff. And when it doesn't happen, it's not fun. And even when it does happen, you're just meeting expectations. So it's still not as fun as it could be. So just set it low, have fun. Don't worry about results, like, and just enjoy the ride. Yeah. 
And I mean, you know, they went up against a Ferris State team that's like playing pretty good right now, and a coach who probably had him pretty centered. Um, and knowing, like, yeah, I've seen like fifty of these arenas open. And man, I've been doing this thirty-two years. Like, you know, Bob Daniels has has been that been around that block a time or two. And and uh, I, I they they honestly they the way Ferris State plays too is like a it's just like a teaching lesson for for August for Rabs and I mean he talked about that too. It's like the way they play together, I wish the guys would would see that. Um he said that in a lot of ways. But I think I think uh one one specific thing he said about the student section Saturday was that it felt like they'd been doing this for 30, 40 years. Like they were seasoned. And uh to me that spoke volumes about kind of what they've already shown. I mean that they they haven't had a bad outing. At, at the Premier Center they had like one weekend which was over thanksgiving which what are you gonna do um there wasn't really many students there they still sold the game out pretty well like they they, they did good ticket sales for that game but uh, yeah, i i don't know if i can say enough about how much i i am thankful that augustana is joining the conference i think they're they're going to be a strong member i think that things are getting built up the right way and yeah, like we're more than happy to impart like our experience and advice on it, but I really think the only ticket to making a game day experience there is just putting it out there and letting them cook, you know? Right, right. Yeah, both the editions of St. Thomas and Augustana have both been fantastic. I, mean, it, I am been... way excited to have two great new buildings as well. Yep. <laughs> well, I, and I think you know to that point, I I, I can't speak for St. Thomas because. I mean, I don't, I don't know with as far as how long they'll be in the Summit League for that matter. Like, who knows? But Augustan is here to stay. Like, I think they're happy to be in the CCHA and they're happy to to build the CCHA brand as much as they can. Um, I don't see them jumping into a conference and then jetting immediately. Uh, like I said, I can't speak for both of those schools, but Augustana, I think, is is the perfect addition when it comes to hockey. Yeah, I would agree that they seem to be right in the line. And if it just didn't involve driving across the entirety of the bottom of Minnesota to get there. <laughs> That's no <laughs> problem. Geographically, like, yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a weird conference geographically. I mean, I think it has been, too. There's nothing like, you can do. That, that's Western hockey versus Eastern hockey, though. Exactly. There's, there's yep. really yeah, you're not no way going to rock at your it. next opponent. I mean, the NCHC deals with it, too, like, for all, yeah. you know, for that matter. One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons at various levels get various extra content in the podcast or earlier access. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page if I actually remember to ask for questions, which I did not this week. Because I put in all that effort last week to ask for questions and nobody asked anything, so... I, I got my, my ADHD dopamine did not kick in to make me want to do it again, I think. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Livonia, or Livonia Technical Services, and Arcadia Insurance, serving most of the Midwest. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at the thank you
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.